Now you truly can rewrite your future with these powerful prevention techniques. Going from feeling hopeless in your health to feeling confident. To bring information and unleash the potential of our listeners to ask the right questions. It's my responsibility to take control of my own health. Welcome to the Ask Why Medicine podcast. Welcome to the Ask Why Medicine podcast. I'm Patty, and I'm here today with my friend and colleague, Dr. Gina Pritchard, and we are going to discuss sort of a continuation from a previous episode, um, the oral systemic connection between periodontal disease and diabetes today. So it's sort of a personal story for me. I know I discussed that at length at the, in another episode, but as a hygienist for 40 years, I have seen diabetes in my patients be such a huge problem and goes so hand in hand and so bi-relational with diabetes. And um, we just learned over the years that when we had patients who seemed to be struggling with periodontal disease and not really responding to our treatment, then we started to try to think about, you know, what is it? Why can this patient not respond and heal? And why are they continuing to just be chronically infected in their mouth? So um, as we have been treating our patients for so long who had diabetes and their glycemic control was not very good, we um, just really didn't know where to turn. And so I am so excited for dentistry in 2021 um, that we actually have the medical community getting engaged with us. And it's so exciting for me to have Dr. Pritchard on here today to give you some insight as well from the medical side as far as what she sees when she has a diabetic patient and uh, that patient also has periodontal disease. We call this a bi-relational condition. These conditions are bi-relational. They totally affect each other. So Dr. Pritchard, do you have a comment about that? I do, because for so long, I did not appreciate the fact that bacteria in the mouth, for example, periodontal disease, was an infection, a source of inflammation, just like a wound on someone's hand that's healing, one that could totally be missed if I was not collaborating with my dental colleagues on the care of a patient that, let's say, for example, had diabetes and their blood sugars are difficult to control. So I think we all know when someone has diabetes and they either have surgery or they have an infection or they have a wound, that their blood sugars are difficult to control during those times. But um, it wasn't until I started understanding the oral systemic connection and working with my colleagues like you, Patty, of course, that we could really see this real time when we do our collaboration, meaning blood sugars coming down, much better to control when the bacteria in the mouth are treated, when airways addressed, when any of the oral issues are addressed. So it's amazing to me how many years uh, I went without appreciating the connection because now I just could not treat diabetic patients well without collaborating with their, with the dental colleagues that, um, that they're seeing. Right. So we tell our patients all the time, you know, if they're diabetic, they have, they certainly do have a harder battle with periodontal disease. We're going to have to really hit it with all we've got um, in, able, in order to be able to get them to heal and not have that chronic um, infection driving their blood sugar issues. And um, it's been real interesting through the years. Um, we used to just say, have you had, you know, to our dental patient, we'd say, if you have any change in your general health since we saw you last and the patient would be on autopilot and be like, nope, 
And then about halfway through the appointment, they would tell us, oh, yeah, you know, I would say, I'm seeing some bleeding and I mean, you're brushing and you're flossing, but yet you're bleeding, Um, you know, and they were, oh, yeah, well, I was diagnosed with with, uh, diabetes recently, you know, so it's almost like we could see it. it. It was manifesting in the mouth. And what we learned is that we really had to ask different questions just to get the health history, you know, to get that to come up. Like, you know, what changes have you had in your health history since we saw you last May? Um, And sometimes we would have that information, but otherwise we were sort of like detectives. I know, Dr. Gina, you say we're detectives um, trying to find things that are going on with our patients. And um, so what we also, I, I learned through personal experience with treating a patient that was a real severe diabetic. Um, You know, when we treated his severe periodontal disease, he actually got off of his insulin and uh, there wasn't any other thing that was changed. But we know that with periodontal treatment, we can reduce um, the blood sugar, the A1C percentage, the A1C, you know, is the test that they do that shows, you know, you guys do, Dr. Gina, um, that shows the way the patient processes sugar over a three-month period. And with periodontal disease, successful periodontal disease treatment, we can lower that uh, number, that A1C number by 0.4%, which really, when you talk about percentages, I am not a numbers person, but <laughs> when you talk about 0.4%, it's like, whoa, that doesn't sound that great. But what the medical community tells us is that 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 0.4% will keep that patient from having to go on an additional medication. It's better, you know, to do that and not have to add medication to control their infection. Perfect example, for sure. It's powerful. It's not something to be taken lightly, for sure. And another uh, aspect of that is the person who is pre-diabetic and maybe is underappreciating the power of this uh, relationship, this bi-directional, bi-relational aspect of the oral systemic connection, if you will, because many of us are walking around thinking we're fine because our fasting blood sugar is under 100. But that actually a fasting blood sugar above 100 or above 120 is one of the last signs that someone is close to diabetes or is heading towards diabetes or has diabetes. Overnight, your body has a wonderful capability in trying to protect you to get that blood sugar back down nice and low, but it could be going very high all throughout the day. So, uh, and again, causing uh, difficulty controlling that, even though you may be even unaware that that's what's happening if you're not looking at it. Absolutely. And that's such a sensitive subject for me because I was insulin resistant for so many years and didn't know it. And I didn't know what to ask when, you know, they would tell me that my fasting blood sugar was okay. And it was always over a hundred, but I didn't know the right question. I didn't know to say, you know, they'd say my blood fasting blood sugar was great. And I'd be like, well, what's great? (laughs) Why do you say it's great? You know, it's like, well, it should be in the eighties, right? (laughs) But it's great at a hundred. You're fine. You're not one. 26. So that's a really sensitive subject for me. But what we find is that um, there's so many people like that, that, you know, their doctors are telling them that they're okay. And then as a dental professional, for me to question that, they're like, well, my doctor says it's okay, you know? And so we just have that battle in 2021 uh, for just new information and new standards. And um, as dental hygienists and just 
and just patients, you know, being their own advocate. I'd love for everybody to know that, you know, that fasting blood sugar does need to be lower. Um, not, you don't want to hang out at the, the highest end of that number. Um, and, you know, if you do have, you know, things that can, that you can do without adding, um, additional medications like having periodontal therapy done, um, you know, a lot of patients will just say, you know, I, I, we believe that you will respond, your blood sugar will be more controllable once you get your periodontal disease under control. And that's a, that's a no brainer to most patients. They're like, okay, let's do it. You know, because it's so hard. Um, as you know, Dr. Gina, it's hard for patients to go down one point um, in their A1C. It's even if they know how, it's hard. Absolutely. Yes. So when we see that from time to time, that now is the is the, not from time to time, we see it far too frequently, but that's the first question is when was the last time you were in the dental office and when was the last time you saw the hygienist and, uh, you know, we need to get the records and we need to collaborate because it's, it's key. Many times, I would say more times than not, that is either involved in difficulty getting the hemoglobin A1C down or it is the reason we can't get the hemoglobin A1C down. Yeah. And I, I know a large part of your practice is heart attack and stroke prevention, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer's. Those are some of the things that you specialize in. And uh, I'm actually a patient uh, liaison for a center similar to yours um, here in Worthington. And most, I would say, I mean, it just feels to me like at least 99% of our patients that come for heart attack and stroke prevention and diabetes and Alzheimer's uh, prevention are insulin resistant and don't know it. <laughs> they just don't know it. So um, Dr. Gina, maybe you could talk about how does that happen? Why, why are we not getting the right diagnosis? You know, why are so many people becoming diabetic fr from insulin resistance that we know can be 20 years or so? Yes. Oh, Patty, we've got to answer that question because we want to empower all our listeners and our followers to know exactly where they stand in what I call insulin and glucose communication. It's really metabolism. Like, are, are you healthy? Is your insulin glucose metabolism, your communication between your hormones and your endocrine system, is it pristine? Is it ideal? Just working properly? Or... Um, Maybe it's a little bit off or maybe you're headed for diabetes and you can absolutely know that. And so I'm thrilled that we have followers and listeners who don't have diabetes yet, but maybe they have peace in mind, as we said earlier in that fasting um, blood sugar that's 100 or even under 100 or even maybe 85, but they haven't looked at it in any other way and their doctor is telling them they're great. So the question that our listeners need to ask are, where am I? Where are you as an individual proactive about your health? Where are you on this continuum of perfectly healthy metabolism, per perfectly healthy insulin glucose communication, or at the other end of the continuum, full-blown diabetes? In other words, it's really not today you have it, yesterday you didn't at all. This insulin resistance issue is occurring for 20 or 30 years before someone actually has one or two or three fasting blood sugars above 120 uh, that would make them get the diagnosis of diabetes, if you will. So there's several ways that anyone can determine where they are in this continuum. 
One analogy I like to give is uh, if any of you are from Dallas or Fort Worth, we have a highway called I-30 that goes from Dallas straight over to Fort Worth and back. And so I say, if Dallas is beautiful metabolism and Fort Worth is full-blown diabetes, where are you on I-30? Where are you? Did you just leave Dallas or are you almost to Fort Worth? You're knocking on the door of diabetes, if you will. And you can know that. And one of the ways that you can know that is simply by going to the pharmacy, to Walmart, to any store and that sells a, a glue, we call it a glucometer, you know, one of those little machines that you can stick your finger and get a drop of blood and check your blood sugar. Traditionally, we were only telling diabetics about that. Now, I believe every household needs to have one because not only as adults do we need to know, I would say f- at least four times a year, Check your fasting blood sugar, but don't stop there with one of these little glucose machines at home, glucometer. Stick your finger, get your blood sugar the first thing you get up, first uh, time, you know, in the morning before you do anything. And then after you eat breakfast, check your blood sugar one hour after breakfast and two hours after breakfast, because it's more telling where you are on this highway from Uh, Dallas to Fort Worth or beautiful metabolism to diabetes, uh, if you know how your body is responding to any type of food, it doesn't have to be a Coca-Cola. What we're really doing is trying to mimic sort of that glucose tolerance test that many of us took when we were pregnant. Pregnant women oftentimes have to drink that sugary drink, check the blood sugar again at one hour and two hours. And that's because we have science to understand what the pancreas should do in response to 75 grams of glucose. What should our um, metabolic system do to regulate blood sugar in response to 75 grams of glucose? But if you've eaten your whatever it is for breakfast, protein shake, oatmeal, yogurt, uh, eggs and bacon, whatever you have for breakfast, and we know that none of that is going to add up to 75 grams of sugar. So if you've eaten less of a sugar load. And at one hour, your fat, your blood sugar one hour after a meal is greater than 125. That's a problem. And if at two hours, your blood sugar is greater than 120, that's a problem. It tells us you have left Dallas, you have left beautiful metabolism, and you are headed to Fort Worth. And, and we can tell you where you are on that continuum. And more importantly, Patty, we know that it's not, it's not, uh, that all hope is gone. We know you can turn the car around. We can tell you how to do that and we can improve your metabolism so that you can check it again in four months. You can check it again next year just to make sure things are beautiful and you can ensure that you do not progress to diabetes. And in this in this uh, United States for sure and really the world, but certainly in the United States, it's an, it's an epidemic, prediabetes, diabetes, insulin resistance. And just one more thing I would say about that is I know none of us want diabetes. We know all the devastation that can come from that. But insulin resistance or this early stage um, problem with the way that insulin and glucose um, communicate is causing damage to our arterial wall. It's causing damage to our brain. It's causing damage to our organs silently. 
we're walking around, maybe we're even an athlete and we're just think we're doing fine because we can look pretty good in the mirror or we can lift so much weights or we can run so far. What We're doing great with our academic endeavors. I mean, our athletic endeavors, maybe academic endeavors too, but <laughs> either way, the, there is havoc going on on the inside silently. And that's what we try to help you do is ask the right questions to look know how to look on the inside to make sure that you're not causing damage without even realizing it. Yeah. So people can be insulin resistant for so long. And so one of the things is the hygienist that I just want to really get out there to our listeners is to, you know, ask your dentist, you know, could I be showing signs of diabetes? If if you keep telling me that I'm having bleeding or that my periodontal disease is, is chronic and we can't get it, you know, treated completely, um, could I be having signs of diabetes? You know, could that be a problem? And when you get your blood sugar checked and it's, you know, pretty high, not, not down in the eighties or whatever, but more like a hundred, then ask why, you know, why is that okay? And what should it really be? Because we just, I think just tend to listen to our doctors and they say, oh, you're fine. You know, they don't say for right now, you know, and, and really we're not fine for right now. So when you have um, chronic infection uh, in your mouth, then you cer- certainly need to know that that could be uh, birelational with diabetes. So ask the right questions. Exactly. And also, Patty, I know that some of you uh, in the dental office, some of our dental colleagues are performing hemoglobin A1C in the office and doing some you know, blood sugars and that kind of thing in the office. And so I just want to say to our listeners before you go, oh, why on earth are you doing that? Praise them. Say, thank you for doing that. I'm so glad you're checking it because uh, because of that, what we we're just talking about, the, the bi-directional, bi-relational aspect of diabetes and oral health. Yeah, absolutely. I have a little Buckeye story. Uh, I was coaching um, dental practices in Michigan. And Michigan is for the for our listeners who don't know, Ohio and Michigan are the biggest rivals in the world. We don't even we're not even allowed to say that school up north, right? But we had so many young dentists that were treating patients in these dental practices, and they wouldn't touch their patient without an A1C at the chair. And so they were being trained so well to not get into some sort of a medical emergency by not knowing where their patient's blood sugar was. And it was a wonderful experience because how many people do you think were high? A lot. (laughs) And so they probably saved some people's lives by saying, I'm not starting your dental appointment until I find out. And oh my goodness, you're high, you know, and probably that was the first time the patient had really been aware of that. So we are so happy to be like I said, in 2021, collaborating with some of the medical community that really gets it, you know, rumor has it, the mouth is connected to the body. And so I am so happy that more people are getting that message. And we want to keep bringing those questions to our listeners so that, you know, they know, and you, you guys, you're the listeners out there know, um, you know, what to look for and not to always just think, well, the doctor said I'm fine, so I'm fine. Uh, but educate yourself, be your own health advocate, and uh, certainly pay attention to um, what your dentist tells you about chronic inflammation and, and certainly uh, go t- to your medical provider for the best um, care. Absolutely. Keep asking questions for yourself. Keep asking. Don't just take a 
uh, an answer that doesn't satisfy you. That's what we're here for is to support our listeners and, and encourage you to empower, uh, well, and empower you with the knowledge and the questions that you need answers to uh, so you can improve your health. Absolutely. So we want to thank our listeners for being here today with us again. And just please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and follow us on social media. You can find us at Ask Why Medicine on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you so much. And in the meantime, Ask Why. Ask Why.